I'm just trying to decide if I'm going to tell you what I learned about communion yesterday. It was so cool. (laughs) Joe, uh, Luke 22... Verse 14 to 19. Uh, to 20. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> okay, yeah. We should have it memorized by now, right? Amen. 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 So uh, I'm going to start with a prayer. Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus, by the blood and grace of Jesus. We come to honor you with Holy Communion. Hallelujah. Lord, may we honor what you did for us. Thank you, Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open up our spirit mind, our spirit heart, to what you are telling us, what you told your disciples in the Holy Communion. We pray that this house would be a house of miracles, Lord. We pray that this house would be a house of miracles, by the blood of Jesus. And we lift you up. We do this in remembrance of you, Holy Father, righteous King, King of kings and Lord of lords. And we will give you honor and we will give you praise for what you have done for us, what you provided on your mighty cross on your mighty cross. And may we never forget. May we never forget. Hallelujah. And I just want to tell you three quick things I learned about communion yesterday. Chris and I were listening to it because we feel called to communion. Uh, We feel called to obedience to the Lord and whatever he has. And one of his most wonderful things that he showed us in the word was what he did the night before he was crucified. In the last supper with his disciples. And we honor that today. The power of communion. Say, the power of communion. The power of sacrifice. Three things happen when we do communion. Proclamation. We proclaim. We proclaim as we take communion to the world. To the world that we believe in Jesus, the Son of God. 
And I'm going to tell you real quickly, I'm not going to preach. Don't worry, Chris. <laughs> He's starting to be like, I'm not. But I'm going to tell you, the time is getting tight. It's getting hot. That when you tell someone you believe in Jesus, you could suffer the consequences in this country. But we are here together to proclaim, to proclaim that we believe in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? In the power of the shed blood. Amen. Say amen. 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 And the second thing, what's the second thing, honey? I can't remember. It was proclamation. Huh? The last thing was, okay, so here's the thing. The last one was anticipation. Okay? This is a huge thing. What do we anticipate? What? Yes, say louder! We anticipate his return. He shed his blood. He was crucified for us. When he shed his blood, he provided all of our needs. Who needs who has financial needs? Raise your hand. Who has health needs? Raise your hands. Who has a need for the peace of God in your life? Raise your hand. He provided every bit right there on the cross. And we can anticipate his return. He's coming back and he's coming back soon. Amen. And we must be ready. We must be ready. And I will have to share, too, with you next week. Because I can't remember what it is. Oh, Lord. If I had my journal, I could tell you. (laughs) But the two major points were his sacrifice and his return. Right? So... Let's put that scripture up, Joe. And I want to encourage you all, if anyone would like prayer, anointing for healing, when we uh, have communion, we believe the supernatural power of God will come into this room and healing will take place. But we have to anoint you with oil for healing. Would anyone like to be anointed with oil? Chris can come and give you an anointing with oil, Christopher. Just if you need healing or if you know someone who that you'd like us, if you want to stand in their place for healing, we uh, raise your hand and Chris will come around and he will anoint you with oil and will believe in the name of Jesus and by his body that was broken for our healing. His body that was broken for our healing. His blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sin. Heal in Jesus' name. Heal in Jesus name. Amen. 
Okay, can we all stand up and we'll read the scripture together? In honor, in honor of his word. When, okay, ready, everybody? When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, take your bread, hold it up to him. And he gave thanks and he broke it, break your bread. And he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me, and let's partake together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your body, broken for us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, here we go. Ready, kids? In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And let's partake together. Thank you, Lord Lord Jesus. Thank you, you, Lord. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. God is good, Amen. Healed in Jesus' name, amen. amen. You know, when we partake of the, of the communion, we are also partaking in Jesus' healings, amen. amen. Healed completely, totally, physically, mentally, spiritually. Healed, 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 healed in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. There's healing in the blood. There's power in the blood. Amen. There's power in the bread. But Jesus broke it. His body is the bread broken. Power. Amen. That's why we partake of it. And I'm telling you, you guys need to take some extra communion cups home with you so you can do communion in your own house. Okay? You're more than welcome to take as many as you like. All right. Before we get started, we have a few announcements. And then we're going to take up an offering. 
And then the kids are going to be dismissed. Prayer meeting this weekend at our house. Julie's. Mine. House. Our house. Julie's and mine. The Julie's house. She's the queen of the castle. Wednesday, 7 o'clock, if you can make it, it does go late. Because we end up praying and talking and praying and talking. And a lot of times our talk is prayer, amen? amen. I think last night we got out of prayer meeting at like 11, right? Hey, but it was good prayer time and good time of fellowship. So if you can make it, 7 o'clock Wednesday at our house. We are going to be having it in the church when the weather gets warmer. When the weather gets warmer. No, you're done. <laughs> Shut her down. <laughs> no, you can share something. Come on up here, my dear. Kids are welcome to come too, you know. The prayer meeting. They're welcome to come. We got it downstairs. They can go down and watch TV or play. I just want to share that we have had three major miracles in the last month. Three major miracles. Testimony. We have uh, my sister Terry, who had a diagnosis of cancer and has been dealing with it, and we've been standing with her in prayer. And encouraging her not to give up the faith. When the doctors gave bad news, bad news, bad news, we said, it's a lie from the devil, it's a lie from the devil, it's a lie from the devil. And this last week, she got a great report. And she has, it's so funny, because she has cancer in her body, but they said it's just going to sit there for like 30 years. (laughs) I said, if you live for 30 years, you'll probably outlive all of us. So God took care of her. And trust me, she got she had many bad reports. And she held her faith, and we continue to pray. And this is what we have to do, continue to pray. So whether you come to prayer meeting or not, if you can't come, let's make a commitment maybe that night to gather together as a family and pray with us. Pray, and, and we can send out requests. Another miracle, my uh, cousin, Michelle Javons, had a diagnosis also of cancer. And we prayed for her, and we continued in faith. And she was like, well, you know, the doctor's this and the doctor's that. And we're like, no, don't even think about the doctors. You can go to them. You can listen to them. But you listen to what the Lord says. And you will be healed. And we're going to pray for a miracle. And we prayed for a miracle. And she got a diagnosis back that there is like no cancer. She's, she had a little tiny thing. And her first diagnosis was like a three to four. She was like a bad diagnosis, and we prayed and believed, and and it's like down to almost nothing. She's going to have some radiation, and so another miracle. Who's the third one? Judy. Ah, yes. And my sister Judy was in the hospital with COVID-19, being a bad patient. (laughs) 
And God was merciful to the nurses. <laughs> and praise God because uh, right before, it was actually like the weekend before she was going to be released, uh, or she wasn't going to be released. They said if she went home, she would die. Her lungs would not be able to make it. And literally, the following Monday, they sent her home. So praise God, another miracle, three miracles. And we, and just so you know, we pray for all of you all the time. We're praying for you. We're praying for your families. We're praying for your marriages. And prayer is the connection that we have with God Almighty. It's huge. And I can tell you, if you can make it to prayer meeting or any of you can come at any time, come. You will be blessed. And God can use you in a powerful way because when we gather together, there's power that is greater when we come together, whether it's in spirit or in body, but we come together and the Lord answers prayer. So that's an encouragement. Plus, there's really good, strong coffee, too. And I'm going to tell you what, don't be afraid if you don't know how to pray. Hey, can you talk? Can you breathe? If you can breathe and talk, then it's just like praying. No different. Don't be embarrassed about how you pray because there is no prayer that is wrong. All right? There is no prayer that is wrong. Don't be afraid to pray. All right. So prayer meeting, again, 7 o'clock at our house. When it gets warmer, we'll be having it back in the church again. Okay? Thank you, Lord. Grace, come on down. Time to take up an offering. Father, we thank you, Lord. God, you are gracious. You are merciful. You are kind. You are just. You are gentle. You are loving. Lord God, these are all attributes of you, Lord Jesus. And Lord God, you are our provider, and you are our healer. And Lord, we are praising you and thanking you for what you're doing ahead of time. Lord God, that we don't even see or know or understand now, but Lord God, you will make everything plain and known to all of us. And I thank you, Lord God, that you're doing a great and mighty work in our finances. Lord God, here in this church, in each one of us, Lord Jesus, here, Lord God, that you're doing a great and mighty work, that you are providing for us. Lord God, you provide, Lord God, every day for each one of us. And we give you all the praise and honor and glory for that. And Lord God, we just like to give back to you, Lord God, what you've given to us. And Lord, we just thank you for it. We praise you. We pray that you would bless it, that you would multiply, Lord God, in us, multiply the works of our hands. Lord God, I pray that you would bless it and prosper us, prosper your people in Jesus' name so that we can give to the kingdom of God where rust and moth will not devour. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, the kids can be dismissed.
God is good, amen. amen. Doesn't he supply all of our all of our riches and glory for his namesake? <laughs> amen. We're his children, right? He wants each one of us blessed, amen. God is the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Amen. I'm trying to follow in his footsteps. I started out, I got three. I got three of them. Three cattle. Now I need a thousand hills and a lot more cattle. (laughs) I would be happy with just two or three hills and a thousand cattle. How's that? Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Oh, praise God, praise God. The title of my sermon is called, Listen Carefully and Look Carefully. Because the tides are changing. Can you feel it in your spirit? Can you feel it in your spirit that God is moving? Something's happening. You quite you can't quite put your finger on it yet. You quite you don't know exactly what it is, but you know that God is moving and things are changing. Things are changing. The tide's changing. And things are changing all around us. Things are being moved and being set into place that we don't understand or we don't know. You know, it's been a full year since COVID-19 has been out. It's been a full year, believe it or not. And just think of all the changes that took place in one year. Because of COVID. COVID-19 has affected every one of us here in this room. In some way or shape or form. Every one of us has been affected by it. It's changed the world as we know it. I would like to think that everything would get back to normal and go back to normal. But I know in my heart that things will never go back. Things will never be the same as they were. This world is changing. And it's changing very fast. And you know, my job as a pastor is to prepare you for what's coming. That's my job. You know, I've heard people say, well, you know, Chris, you preach a lot about the end times. You preach about a lot of gloomy things that I don't want to hear. Well, you know what? I'm sorry. I can't help it. But we're in the end times. And if I were not to tell you so, I would be a liar. 
So it's time we start to look carefully at our lives. To look carefully for where Jesus is going and what's he doing. To be prepared. To listen with ears that hear. It's time for us to pay attention. Because if you don't, when the day of evil comes, you're not going to be able to stand. You're not going to be able to stand. The Bible says when you've done all that you can do, you just stand. Because God will do the rest. But if you don't have a relationship with God, and you don't have trust in Him, and you don't have faith in Him, and if you don't believe in Him, then what are you going to do? You're not going to be able to stand because you don't know the Word. You don't know what's coming. For when the day comes, you will be able to stand. Hold your ground by holding on to the garments of Jesus. That's my wish for each one of us here. Each one of us here. That when the day comes, and I'm going to tell you the day's coming. The day comes every day, actually. Temptations around the corner everywhere you look. Each day we have to make a choice to stand either for righteousness, to stand in the kingdom of God, or to stand in the way of the world. Every day, each one of us makes a choice. Every single day. It's time for us to really listen. It's time for us to pay attention to what God is doing, because God is always moving. He is moving. God is always speaking to his children. It's time for us to go deeper with God than we've ever gone before. Than we've ever gone before. It's time to give God everything we have. And every bit of strength we have. We need to be, you know, the word says that violent men take the kingdom of heaven by force. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence because violent men take the kingdom of heaven by force. Well, violent men are men that are persisting, that are knocking, that are seeking, that are not giving up, that are not surrendering, that are diligently seeking God, violently. We can put our all into a lot of things into this world. Trust me, I know. I can put my all into work. I can put my all into being selfish. I can put my all into the ways of the world. I can give my all to chores every day. God is saying, no, things are changing. It's time to make a change. You need to put your all into the kingdom of God. You need to put your all in seeking Him. You need to put your all into prayer. Put your all into reading the Word. You need to put your all into believing the Word. And standing on the word. And living the word. It's time for us to shake off the world. And come away. 
to separate ourselves and run to God. People say, oh, you're preaching on the end times again, preaching again that Jesus is coming. Well, Jesus has been coming for 2,000 years. What makes it any difference? I've said it a hundred times. It's because all these things we see happening are happening all at once. We hear rumors of wars, wars, earthquakes, famines, pestilence, plagues. I mean, it's all happening right now. Earthquakes in various places. The Bible tells us all about it. What God is doing right now is God is pouring out His Spirit on all believers. For those that know Christ, that have a walk with Christ and a relationship with Christ, God is pouring out more of Himself into those believers that love Him. He's doing that right now. We see revivals breaking loose. We see people being on fire for God. In Joel chapter 20, or Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 32. It says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on my name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, in there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the survivors whom the Lord calls. God is doing this very thing. God is doing this very thing right now as we speak. God is moving. God is always moving. But he's moving in a greater way. The church is going to see miracles, signs, and wonders. Healing's going to take place. We see it in our prayer meetings. They told our sister Terry, her, her general doctor said to her, she goes, you have cancer throughout your whole body. That's what they said to her. She went for a second opinion. And you heard the report, what Julie said. That was a miracle. God is moving in miracle signs and wonders and healings. Three, answer to prayers. And we're believing for your friend to be healed in Jesus' name. Is she out of the hospital yet? She is. Amen. There you go. I can't remember her name. Not Diane. Cecilia. We've been, we've been praying for Cecilia, one of uh, Phil and Ellie's friends that got diagnosed with COVID. Now she's out of the hospital, healed, amen, claiming it, walk, living in it, walking in it, believing it, not doubting it. Healed in Jesus' name. God is doing this. This is happening.
For those that are seeking God, he's burning in them. He's burning in them. A deeper passion for him. Now, who here needs a deeper passion for God? I think every one of us. I mean, I need a deeper passion for God. I need a deeper passion. I want to go deeper than I am right now. You know, everybody who knows me can say I'm a little shallow. And it's true. I can be shallow in myself. I need to go a deeper walk with God. I need to get deeper. God is calling us to go deeper. You know, it's funny. Because we see God, whose spirit he's pouring out upon. They're getting closer. They're getting a deeper walk. They want to spend time with him. They're in his word. And then we see those that are in the world. And they're going in just the opposite direction. Totally opposite. They're going more toward the world. They're not believing in God. They're saying, oh, that's not for me. That's never going to happen in my lifetime. That's never going to happen in my day. Well, I'm telling you, the Bible says, this generation shall not pass away that sees all these things that are coming on, that are going on right now. So, you know, you know what my job is here to do is to preach the word to you in truth, to let you know where we are in biblical times and prophecy, because God can come any day now. And my job is for you not to be caught off guard or caught unexpecting Jesus. We should be living a life every day that Jesus is coming this morning. Jesus is coming this afternoon. Jesus might come tonight. Jesus might come this very moment. And we all get caught up and, and pulled out of this earth. And brought into an eternal life. Because this life just only lasts for a short period of time. 70, 80, 90 years. Maybe if you're lucky, 100. Some don't even make it to 70. But just as we see those that are burning for Christ, that are on fire for God, that, that just want that desire and that passion is no more Him, to love on Him more, to let Him love on you. We're seeing those that are in the world turning. And then we see the dark getting darker and the light getting lighter. We see the flame getting brighter over here while the flame is getting darker over here. We see those whose love is more for the world, whose love is wickedness. They're lovers of self rather than lovers of God, lovers of money, whose hearts have grown cold. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 tells us this. But mark this. This is the Bible. Think about this. Paul wrote this almost 2,000 years ago. He wrote this at like 70 A.D., Right? But mark this, when you see this happening, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Have nothing to do with them. 
Nothing to do with them. That's pretty scary, huh? You don't want to hear that stuff, do you? Nobody wants to hear that. But I'm telling you, that's where we are in the world. You can see it on your TV. Some of the news doesn't even show it. Because they're deceiving. They're deceivers. There's great deception in some of these news channels. But we see this stuff happening. We know it's happening. There is a hatred toward one another in this country. There is a lack of love. Witchcraft is running wild. And sexual immorality and pornography is off the charts. It's true. And you don't have to be a brain surgeon to figure it out and to see it. But stuff like that is happening. And people are caught in it and they're wrapped up in it. And I'm going to tell you, the only way out is through Jesus Christ. He is the hope of the world. The Savior for all. There is no other way but to take it to the cross. Because God is faithful and just to forgive us. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's the truth. You know, this isn't anything new. I didn't make any of this up. This is what the Word says. This is what God wrote. This is not what Pastor Chris said. This is what God says. In the last days, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. All this stuff we're seeing happening. But we're not on that side. Right? Because we're lovers of God. We're lovers of His Son, Jesus. We're following the Holy Spirit. You know, the one thing that is amazing is that God already made a straight path, didn't He? God already cleared the road. God made it straight as an arrow. He's already made a way for us. And all we got to do is follow him. But in order to follow him, we got to listen. We got to look. You know, it's funny because I know I remember in the military, I just keep thinking of that. Listen and look. In the military, when they do CPR, when they taught you how to do it, and our daughter Lizzie can probably correct me if I'm wrong, but one thing they teach you is they got to listen and look. So you put your ear down and you listen. And when your ear's down and you're listening to see if they're breathing, you're looking at their chest to see if it's moving. You listen, you look. Some of us might need some CPR <laughs> to be revived, right? To be on fire for God. It might take CPR to get you guys alive and on fire for God, you know? Hopefully it doesn't take a near-death experience to get you there, you know. Hopefully, you know, I don't know, I'm pretty thick-headed at times. But my prayer is that not one of you be on that side. I prayed all the time for my whole family. 
I pray that God's hand would be upon all of our children and grandchildren throughout all of the generations that God has allotted us. And that each one of our children and grandchildren and family members would know the voice of God, would follow the voice of God, and would stay true to Him. Pray it all the time. About every morning when I wake up, I pray the blood of Jesus over each one of you, over this house, over God's house. Anoint the doors with oil at every time that those people walk through those doors. No matter who it is, that they'd be healed, set free, and delivered. I anoint them. I pray for the Father, and I pray for the Son, and I pray for the Holy Ghost. That by the time they get through that third door right there, they're feeling the Holy Spirit upon them. And they're being set free, healed, and delivered. And I don't have to deal with any demons because God's dealt with it already. Amen? But if I have to, what did Jesus do? He went around preaching the Word of God in the synagogues and casting out demons. That's what he did. That was Jesus' ministry. He preached the kingdom come. And all I'm doing is reiterating what Jesus has already said preach the kingdom. The kingdom's coming. And it's closer now than what it was 2,000 years ago. You know, it's knocking on the door. We can all see it. Get in your word, read it. Read Luke 21 or 22. Read Matthew chapter 24. Read the book of Revelation. Read Daniel chapter 9. Get in there, read that. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. My prayer is that none of our hearts get hardened by the world. Because I'm going to tell you what, the world will spit you up and chew you out. If you try to keep up with the world, it's like, it's like trying to keep up with technology. You can't. You can't keep up with technology. You know, you're going to get a new phone. You can get a new phone today. Tomorrow there will be a new model out that you're going to, that's better and greater than the one you just bought yesterday. And you're going to want the new model. You're going to say, darn, if I just held it out for one more day. We can't keep up with the world. There's no way to keep up with the world. You will run yourself down, wear yourself out. You know, you can't do it. It's impossible. You can't do it. All we need to do is trust God. You know, if you, if you, if you try to keep up with the world, your heart's going to grow cold. Because you're not focused on God anyways, you're focusing on yourself and what the next great thing is. There's always something bigger and better. Grass, you know, there's an old saying, grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. Until you jump the fence and you get over and you realize, well, that's not grass, that's weeds. You know? I should have stayed in the pasture. Grass is not always greener. And everything that glitters isn't gold or diamonds or jewels. But don't let your heart grow cold. You know, God said that he would not extinguish a single flicker of flame. If you just got a little flicker of flame, a hope in you, God's promised to you, and it's promised in his word. It's not me speaking again. This is God. That he will not extinguish even the littlest flame. But he wants you to fan that flame. 
Because when you get a little oxygen, which some of us need a little breath, you know, some of us need a little oxygen to get our flames, our flames fanned, our fans flamed. You know, I'll get it right. Say that five times. Flame, 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 fan. Yep, not happening. But don't let your hearts grow cold. For Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7, and this was actually part, this is actually part of my marriage counseling. It's the love chapter. Everybody knows the love chapter, right? And you know what? Who, who is love? God is love. So I want you to think about this. Everything we're going to read here is all part of God's character. Everything we are going to read is all part of who God is. All right? God is patient. You can put God instead of love because love is God. God is love. God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. God does not boast. But love is patient. Love is kind. For all you married couples out there, remember this scripture. I'm telling you, I forget it. I know I need to do this more with my wife. This is God that, you know, when I write my messages, it's not just always for you. This is what God has poured out into me, saying, this is what you need to work on, Chris. You need to, more, you need to be more loving. You need to be more kind. You want to be more like Jesus. You're up there and you preach every week and want to be more like Jesus. Now, now, here you go. Here's the test. Are you patient? You know, I got frustrated last night. My, we were down here. It was late. We did a little worship practice, Julie and I ourselves. We brought down the food. We got everything all stacked up. And it was about 9 o'clock, 9.30. We went back up to the house. We didn't eat supper yet. And we're like, oh, we've got to eat supper. And I'm like, yeah, well, and I was hungry. So she had some brats. We cooked some brats. And she looked at me and she goes, oh, we took all the buns down to the church for sandwiches. And she wanted the bun. And I was like, no, you know, I'm fine not having a bun. I don't want to go back down. It was cold. I didn't want to get my jacket back on, put my boots back on, drive down or walk down. And I got down to the church here and I got in and I said to myself, I said, boy, I was an idiot. I was an idiot. I was like, man, that's not patience. And I prayed. I actually said it out loud. I said, oh, Lord, forgive me. Help me to be more patient. Help me to be more kind, more loving. And I just... I literally just wrote this down that same day. I read it that same day, the first Corinthians. And I knew what it says. But love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And I wrote down at just the very beginning of 8. It says, love never fails. Love never fails. And you know who love is? God. 
So you can put in there, God never fails. God is love and love is God. If there was no God, we wouldn't know what love is. We'd be all a bunch of wild heathens still. But love is God and God is love. And you, I want you to read those. You know, as a married couple, we should at least read those. I'd like to say every day, but at least once a week. How many read them even once a month or once a year? God never fails. I tell you all this because we need to be ready for what's coming. We got to we're going to be we are going to be so stretched on all these attributes of God. For what the word says what's coming. We're going to be our faith is going to be stretched, our love is going to be stretched, our patience is going to be stretched. But you know, every time we get stretched, we grow a little bit more, don't we? Our faith gets a little bit stronger. My patience gets a little bit more enduring. My love grows deeper. Every time you get stretched, that's God that's increasing in you. Making more room for more love. But I tell you this because we got to be ready. Because Jesus tells us what's coming. And I'm going to read the version in Luke chapter 21. In Luke chapter 21, we'll start at verse 8 and go to 36. Because this is the stuff that's coming. Some of this stuff is already happening right now. It says, watch out. That you are not deceived, for many will come in my name, claiming I am he. And the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and revolutions, do not be frightened. These things must happen, but the end will not come right away. When he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various places. And fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay hands on you and persecute you. Well, that's something we don't want to hear about. That's something we never would have thought about in America until this last month. That's something you don't want to think about. That's something you don't want to wish upon your children or your grandchildren. Or you don't want to see them have to go through that. That's why Jesus is telling all of this ahead of time. So that we can be ready for when that day comes. Because that day might come. And it might come sooner than we think. Because in the last year, all of our lives have been turned upside down. All of our lives have changed. 
dramatically, and it's happening very, very fast. I can't keep up with all of the changes. You know, we just had a, a president-elect signed f- almost, what, 30 or 40? 40 executive orders. I don't even know what they all are. That's a lot within the first two weeks of his administrations. And we don't even know all of them that he signed and what they entail and what that means and how that's going to affect us. But all we need to do is be prepared. you got to be ready in your hearts. My job is to make sure you're ready in your heart. So when these days come, and they will come, it's a matter of time that we're going to be able to stand on the side of righteousness. Even if that means losing our lives. And it's scary because nobody wants to lose their life. Especially when you think it's just getting started. Or things are going good. They will deliver you to synagogues and prisons. And you will be brought before kings and governors. And on all on account of my name. This will result in your being witnesses to them. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand. How you will defend yourself. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. And I'm going to tell you, this right here, that sentence right there is happening today. There have been children that have turned in their parents for going to the Trump rally. True. I know that I heard that they just arrested a man last week because his 16-year-old son or 17-year-old son turned his father in because he went to the Trump rally. It's true. That's happened. And he said he couldn't live with the guilt of knowing that his father went and not tell anyone. Not tell the authorities. It's sad. But that right there, that that verse was fulfilled last week. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, and relatives, friends, And they will put some of you to death. All men will hate you because of me. But not a hair. Listen. This is really important. But not a hair on your head. Not a hair on your head. Will perish. By standing firm. You will gain life. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by enemies or armies, you will know 
that its desolation is near. Then let those who are on the in, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the city get out, and let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment and fulfillment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles have been fulfilled. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the seas. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. And that time we'll see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Listen, church, right there the Bible tells us that we're going to see some of this stuff. We're going to see some of this stuff happen. It's already starting to happen. And then, right about in the middle, when things start to get very, very bad, you know, Jesus is coming. He said, lift up your head because you'll see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. Lift up your head, stand firm because your redemption draweth nigh. That's what's coming. It's God's word. Jesus said it. You know what's going to happen. And it's happening sooner than we think. It's happening a lot sooner than I would like. But you know what? My ways are God's ways. God's ways are higher than my ways. God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Be careful. Be careful because our hearts can be all weighed down with every, all of this stuff. We can be weighed down with all of this stuff. Don't turn to drunkenness. Don't be anxious for your life. Don't let that day close on you unexpectedly. Like a trap. That's what the word tells us. It says in, actually in verse 34, it says, Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap, for it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. All those who live upon the face of the whole earth. Those days are coming. 
for everybody. It says, be alert always. Always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you will be able to stand before the Son of Man. It will come upon all those who live on the face of the earth. You know, when it's all said and done, All that is going to matter, when everything is said and done, all that's going to matter is that whether we can stand before Jesus. Think about that. When everything's all said and done, that's the only thing that's going to matter is whether we can stand before Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, I'll be honest with you, if you're not standing for Jesus now, you're not going to be able to stand before Jesus on that dreadful day, that glorious and dreadful day. He's going to separate everybody just like a farmer separates the wheat from the shaft. He's going to separate us. That's why we need to make a stand. We need to make a proclamation. We need to commit ourselves to following Christ. Because, yeah, you know what, this earth might be fun. I'm having a good time down here for a while. Things might be going good, or I think it's going good. But it's all going to roll up like a scroll. He's going to roll it all up. And the only thing that's going to matter in the end is standing before Jesus. only thing, the greatest thing that we could ever do is accept Jesus in our heart. And then to live for him with everything we have every day. And you know, when we fail, just get up and say, God, forgive me. God is faithful. When temptation comes, you know what happens when temptation comes? I just quote scripture. No temptation has seized me except what is common to man. God is faithful and just to forgive us. Oh, I got them mixed up. <laughs> no temptation has seized me except what is common to man. And God will provide a way out for you. He'll always provide a way out for you. So when temptation comes knocking, because it's going to come knocking on all our lives, we need to look for the way out. Because God's provided a way out. You need to look for that way out and say, no, I'm not going to go there anymore. I'm not going to be tempted by that. I'm not going to fall into that sin anymore. I'm not going to look at that crap anymore. I'm going to look to Jesus. God's got a way out, whether it's a button that says push it, change the channel or whatever. There's always a way. There's always a way. God is faithful to his word. His word is true. Amen? I'd like for us to come down and just, you know, I would like to open up this altar for all those that say, you know what, Lord, forgive me. 
I want to run after you. I want to chase after you with all my heart. You know, if you're feeling led to come down, just come on down and we'll pray. Say, God, I want more of you. Fill me. Nobody feels like they need that. (laughs) I do. I'm going to turn around and I'm just going to kneel down and you're welcome to come up.